morning, everyone. My wife has chickened out. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> she abandoned me. Yeah, we're going to do something different this morning as we talk about loving well. Uh, I have asked my darling bride to join me uh, to talk about loving well. Um, let's see. Where am I? Okay. Did that go? Okay. Uh, but before we do that, I want to jump into uh, just uh, I want to mention something. Uh, I'm not sure if you're fam- if you're familiar with this, but uh, we have David Timms, uh, who's uh, in our congregation, and he runs a mission called uh, Lost But Not Forgotten. And uh, they just got back from an e- uh, East African missions trip uh, where they went to villages to, uh, to minister spiritually, but also physically to people to do medical aid and uh, bring the gospel. Uh, and uh, I forget how many villages it was, but uh, they saw over 1,100 people come to Christ uh, while they were there. Um, and so... I want to encourage us to be praying into that and be praying that the seed fell on good ground uh, and that those become disciples who make disciples and that we can see world change in some of these villages. Uh, Some of these villages, they're not going to have a lot of interaction with outside people. So for him and his team to come in and bring the gospel is a labor of love, and we want to make sure that we're praying into that uh, to see uh, generational things change. So uh, I was very excited about that. Uh, And then as we noticed, we've got the missions trip uh, coming up. Uh, Well, not for a while, but the info night is coming up soon. Uh, So I highly recommend you come to that if you're, uh, even if you're just feeling a little bit of like, hmm, maybe that's for me, then show up. Uh, Don't don't tell yourself no. Wait till we tell you no. Um, (laughs) Julie's going to be telling everybody no. I don't know. Okay, so this morning, again, we are in loving well, uh, and I'm excited to look well. Um, Sorry, I like to compliment my wife. Uh... This is a little bit different for me. I've never done anything like this, and she has certainly never done anything like this, but that's okay. We're going to push through this. But we're talking about loving well, as in we're, we're in our relationship series, uh, Rock Solid. Uh, and loving well, is, it's, it's a difficult thing to preach on as far as passages go, because there isn't one. There's not one specific passage that we can turn to in the Bible. There, there's not one specific verse where all of a sudden we can be like, okay, well, this tells me everything I need to know. No. Loving well is more like planting a garden. It's seeds that we plant in that we continue to come back to and to water and to nurture and to help grow. Um, Chia, can you bring up the Galatians slide for me? Well, we don't have one specific uh, verse that we can go to, I can tell you that one verse uh, that's really found, uh, not verse, there's uh, three verses that are pretty foundational to me I- I as a human being but also when it comes to loving well are these. And it says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a person reaps, or sorry, for whatever a person sows, he will also reap. Um, Because the one who sows to his flesh will reap destruction to the flesh, but the one who sows to the spirit will reap eternal life from the spirit. Let us not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. And here's why these group of verses are important to me, is because we reap, what we sow. So as we're talking about loving well, when we're thinking about relationships, the question we have to ask is what seed are we sowing into those relationships, into our marriages, into our friendships, into, you know, all the ones Brad talked about last week, all these things. What seeds are we sowing into the relationships? And then we can answer the question, what does it mean to love well? Well, the Christian faith is a holistic faith. It's not, this isn't what we do on Sunday, and that's divorced from the rest of the week. Uh, the Christian faith has no divide between secular and secular. Sacred, I can't. S- thank you. Sacred and secular. I was so sick last week. Um, 
And we create these divides, but they don't exist in Scripture. So when we're talking about loving well, we understand that we fight against our flesh in every area of life, uh, at work, in our finances, and in, in our relationships, and especially in our closest relationships. So we're, we want to plant seeds for the fruit that we want to see. Uh, and there's a few different ways we do this. There's, there's some little things, and we're going to make some generalizations today. But there's some little things we do. Uh, one of them is learning love languages. Uh, so it's uh, physical touch, quality time, gifts, acts of service, words of affirmation. It's about knowing how your partner receives love. So, for example, Julie's not really big on, um, well, uh, acts of service. Like, it's not huge on her list. So if I do those things for her, she might miss that. But if I know that hers is quality time, then I can be intentional about quality time. So it's important to know what and how your partner receives love. But it's also important to know how the other partner gives love. So I like to give gifts. Uh, don't ask me for anything. Um, <laughs> but I like to give gifts. She's learned that if I'm, if I'm trying to give her a gift, there's a reason behind that. It's because I'm trying to express love. Now, sometimes this can be confusing, so we have an illustration for you. Uh, words of affirmation. Your tacos are delicious. Okay? Acts of service. I made you tacos. Receiving gifts. Here's a taco, darling. <laughs> Quality time. Let's go get tacos. And physical touch. Let me hold you like a taco. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I have no idea on that one. Um, but there, there's all these different things that we can do. Uh, so the first one we want to jump into is actually um, finances, money. One of the first things, like Mike said, we, that we do want to discuss is finances. Um, money can be such a point of division in a relationship. Um, and we have different backgrounds and different understandings in the area of money. Some people are spenders and some people are savers. And coming together in this area can be a challenge, especially um, in the first stages of marriage. Um, and it can be a challenge throughout your marriage if it's something that you don't address and be intentional about. Um, one thing that we found to be very helpful in our marriage is having honest conversations about debt and spending. We s have set a budget for each other, um, just a small budget of, hey, this, this amount that we've agreed upon, go ahead and spend that at your will. Um, but anything more than that, we like to come together and discuss it before a big purchase is made. Um, it just respects the other person and respects the money in the relationship. Yeah. Uh, for me, when we first got together, I had no concept of money whatsoever. Like, I didn't understand it, and I didn't have it, so it was okay. <laughs> um, but I wasn't good with it. I just didn't understand it. It's not a skill that my parents taught me growing up. It wasn't anything we knew. So when we got together, we made tons of financial mistakes. Uh, which led to arguments, uh, and arguments that were not done in a very loving way, which we'll talk about next week. Um, but it was it was something that I had to learn as well. It's something that we both had to learn. Uh, but specifically for me, I had to figure out what what is it, how, how do I manage these finances that I've been given? Um, and so it took a while, and, and Julie was really patient with me uh, and loving with me. Um, and so now I'm, I used to be such a spender. Uh, if I got it, I had to get rid of it. And now I'm a saver, and I'm really cheap. Um, <laughs> And so uh, coming together for our finances was, was really important. And, like, learning how the other person views them helps you love well. Uh, communication. Um, so communication is one of the most important things that we can talk about when it comes to loving well. Because the c 
communication is going to be the basis for everything else that we talk about. Now, obviously, just like Brad talked about last week, our relationship in Christ, our relationship with God is, is the foundation for which and how we can love well. When we know that we are loved by the God of the universe, when we know that the maker and creator, of the sustainer of the universe loves us and pulls us into that relationship with him, we can love. Next is going to be communication. Um, one of my favorite things to say is if, you, if it goes without saying, you should probably say it. Uh, because there's a lot of things that we think, oh, it goes without saying. Right? How many, how many people grew up, and you can, you know, especially if you're old, over the age of maybe, say, 35, where you're like, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure my dad loved me. I mean, he never said it, but, I'm, you know, he stuck around, so I'm pretty sure he loved me. Um, it goes a long way when we say the things that need to be said. Uh, and so communication is incredibly important. And here, I'm going to give you one example, and it's uh, with my job as a pastor, there's a lot of things I can't talk to my wife about. Uh, you know, if, if, um, if somebody wants to talk to me and we're working through a personal issue, I, 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 I have that. I'm holding on to it, but I, I don't go home and share it with her. So I've got two choices. I, when I'm at home and I'm, you know, she can see things are going on in my head, I can say, oh, it's just work. Or I can say, hey, I've got some stuff going on. I'm working through some things with some people at church, um, but we're okay. There's nothing wrong with us. We're perfectly fine. It's just some things that I can't share with you. One blows it off, and she might, not, she might still think there's something going on. The other communicates what I can and lets her know that I love her and that we're okay in this situation. Right, and then it, it kind of forms a, another form of um, bond and intimacy in our, our marriage when he can um, at least share that part with me because then I can pray for him, for God to give him wisdom and insight into the situation and although I may not know what's going on or, or who it is, God knows the situation. Um, and then I can go and pray for um, the person, um, whoever that may be. God knows. Um, but it's just the, uh, another way for us to connect where full communication can't be had. Um, but I'm able to pray into that for him to have wisdom and guidance and um, insight into those things. Um, communication is vital in a marriage. It's uh, communicating our thoughts, our feelings, our hopes, our dreams, our fears, all of it. If I'm the one that's doing all the communicating and I'm the one that's doing all the talking, I can feel like I'm just becoming very needy. And he doesn't have any space to share his thoughts and his feelings. So it's it's important to have that open communication that goes both ways. Um, and open communication builds trust and intimacy. Set clear markers. Um, how do we know we're reaching the goal? What, are, what is the goal we're shooting for? Everybody's heard the saying, if you don't set your goals, how do you know you're reaching them? Um, for me, I have set the goal to loving Mike well from 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Um, years ago, Mike preached a message on this passage, and he asked a question. He said, can you replace the word love with your name? So can I say, uh, Julie is patient, Julie is kind, Julie doesn't envy, she doesn't boast. Can I say these things? Um, it really stuck with me, and it resonated with me, and it was um, something that I 
uh, try to put into practice every day to intentionally love well. Now, do I meet the mark every day? No, <laughs> I do not. But I try. That's my intention. And so in that intention, in that striving to do those things, um, I end up loving well. That's interesting. Um, yeah, we, we have to have goals, right? It's like anything else. It, whatever you're looking at in life, if you've got a goal, you can reach it. Without it, you're just aimlessly wandering towards something. For me, the goal to love well is Ephesians 5.25, where it says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. That's my goal. Like, and that's a, that's a lofty, hard goal to reach that I'm never actually going to reach. But my desire is this command from Jesus, is to love my wife just as he loved the church and gave himself up for her. That's what I want. Now, now this, this goes beyond just being willing to die for her. That would be easy. Like, you know, jump in front of a bullet, fine, one and done, I loved well, moving on. Uh, but it's not. It's daily. This is, this is daily dying to myself for the good of my wife. It is daily trying to find ways to build her up and to uh, help her in her relationship with Jesus and help her in her ways that she wants to be a parent and, and her ways that she wants to be good as an employee at work. To, to die for her every day is to constantly look for ways to build her up and love her well. Um, and so it's, it's, it's a constant thing that we're always looking for. Uh, practical, easy to things. Like she works over in South Georgia. So if I'm on South Georgia in the afternoon I'll, and I've got – five, ten extra minutes, I'll reach out to her and say, hey, I'm over by your work, you want a coffee? Right? It's simple things. It's, it's not these just big, hard, impossible things. For me, to love my wife and to give myself for her means to make space and time for her any way and anywhere that I can. Uh, and then we've got um, oops, insecurities. Uh, anybody get any insecurities? <laughs> i got a bucket if you want to borrow any. Um, I've got a lot of them. Uh, insecurities are things that put uh, we put guards around and we put up uh, around us because we've got things that make us feel less than. And oftentimes, we as human beings operate out of our insecurities, whether we know it or not and whether we like it or not. So many times, the decisions and actions that we make come from a place of insecurities. Um, so what do we do with that when we're talking about loving well? Well, one of my insecurities that I have is I sometimes have a stutter. And it gets pretty bad. Um, and I feel like an idiot. Like if I'm just being honest, I feel real foolish. Like I speak for a living. Uh, I shouldn't be stuttering, but I do. I get stuck and I stutter and then I feel embarrassed and I feel, I feel a certain amount of shame around it. I don't understand why, but I do. Well, one thing that, that Julie does to love me well is she never makes fun of that thing. We have a rule in our house that we don't go after, we joke a lot in our house. Like there is a lot of sarcasm uh, there's a lot of joking. There's a lot of making fun of each other. Uh, we do it a lot, but never around the areas of insecurities. Those things are off limits. If it's something that makes you feel less than, that thing only gets touched to be built up. So um, one of my biggest insecurities is when I feel um, stupid or there, there's a perception of that. Um, and it goes back to my childhood and my home life and how I grew up. Um, but Mike, Mike recognized that right away early in our marriage. And he began to slowly and patiently encourage me to speak, encourage me to um, 
share what was on my heart when we were doing personal Bible studies together. Of um, It just encouraged me to speak, use my words, use my voice. He valued my thoughts. He valued my insights. Um, and that that really has helped me conquer some of that insecurity. Don't feel that way as much anymore with love and encouragement. Um, and he's never made me feel that way. And so that, again, builds intimacy and trust. Uh, the next one is um, not changing but building up. To love well means not trying to change the person you're with. If, if your goal is to change the person you're with, then you have to ask yourself a question of why. But to love well means to be building that person up. It's to know that God created that person, your spouse, to be a very specific person. The gifts, that, the insecurities, the, the idiosyncrasies, all the, the things that make them them, God has put into them for a specific reason. So we never want to try to change that person. We're, instead, we're trying to build them up and make them the best possible version of themselves that they want to be and that God wants them to be. Um, our goal is Romans 14, 19. So then, let us pursue what promotes peace and what builds up one another. Uh, so here's an example. I have no chill. Like, I just don't. Like, like, when I get an idea in my head, that's it. Like, I'm going after it. I don't know what you're doing. Like, Mike. Uh, there's no holding back. I've got the determination that keeps me pushing forward. Most of the time, that's a good thing, right? So Julie's never tried to change that about me, the fact that I'm determined, not stubborn. There's a difference. Um, I'm determined. That's, that's the word I like. Uh, but I'm determined. So she's never tried to change that. Instead, she's seen that as a gift from God. God has made me a determined, focused person. So instead of trying to change that, she tries to encourage it and build it up. And there are times where I've got to let something go. Uh, this past weekend, I was sick. Uh, we were supposed to go away for the weekend to work on this. Instead, I got a massive fever, and I slept for three days, and it was horrible. And every night, she was like, why don't we just cancel? Like, up until it was time to cancel, why don't we just cancel? And I was like, no, I'm going to feel fine in the morning. It's not going to matter. Uh, but she knows better. <laughs> she was able to see that that was just me being stubborn in that moment, and that, no, what needed to happen was to let that person go. So she helps me in that. So building each other up is really important. We don't want to cut down. We don't want to change the other person. Uh, we want to always encourage, always focus on building each other up. Um, so one of the ways that Mike builds me up is he knows me very well. He knows me better than I know myself. He knows what I need before I need it. That's just, that's just what's happened over 20 years. <laughs> That's right. A couple of weeks ago, I was feeling really frustrated about work situation, and um, I was kind of ranting. I was not I was not in a good place. I was not uh, a happy Julie. Um, and he encouraged me to go take some time in worship, and I was so inside of my head and so inside of uh, my feelings about the situation that I didn't even think to do that, which is crazy. Um, but he encouraged me. He's like, it's not selfish to go and take some time um, worship, and that's exactly what I needed. I came out of my literal bedroom closet after about an hour of worship, and I had a new insight. Um, and so Mike likes to say that he studies me, and he does. <laughs> Very much so. All right, I, uh, this wasn't planned that we were always going to have a family service, so I'm not going to say all the words for the next one, but it's intimacy and fill in the blank. Uh, I don't know how many little ones are in here. Uh, okay, so but these are two different things, right? We, we lump them together as the same thing, but they're actually 
they're, they're very closely connected. They're very uh, close together things, but they are different. There's a difference between sex and intimacy. Um, intimacy is this, it's this feeling of, of being connected and vulnerable, yet safe and secure. Intimacy is this weird dichotomy of I am completely vulnerable and have nothing to hide behind, but I'm safe. Uh, intimacy is, is really very interesting, and we have to protect intimacy in our life, uh, especially in our relationships. We have to place safeguards around it. We have to pray for our marriages. Uh, we were uh, getting ready, working on this, and I said, I told her, I said, you know, I, didn't, I never told you this, but I, I fairly regularly pray over our bed. Uh, that it is a, a safe place, that it is a place that is uh, protected, uh, that belongs to just the two of us. Um, and so I- intimacy is something that, that is really important because if there are times in life where we can't be together physically. A- a- as a couple, you understand this. Things come up. Things happen. But if you have developed intimacy as a foundation for your marriage, then th- that's okay. You can withstand those times when physical closeness is just not possible. So I just, it, this is an encouragement for us all is to protect and build intimacy in our marriages because it shows that we love well. And that means sometimes like doing things where sex is not the goal. Intimacy is the goal. Having those moments of just deep looking into the soul of the other person and exposing your own soul and, and letting them see who you truly are. Um, so I want to just encourage us to protect it and place guards around our, our sex life and our intimacy in our marriages. Um, Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. I asked her, I said, do you want to say anything about that? She said, no. <laughs> nope, I'm good. You got it covered. <laughs> um, so th- the next um, little section here is understanding the way the other thinks. Um, we all know that men and women think differently. They approach things differently. They, um, what? Yeah, shocking. It's true. Um, But when push comes to shove, sometimes we're in the heat of things. We can forget that, and we can be like, what? Why are you thinking? Why aren't you thinking like me? Right, what what is the disconnect here? But we know when bottom line is that men and women, they think differently. Um, Men process outcomes internally. So Mike thinks about them in his head, and then he's ready to move on. No discussion needed. He's already thought about it. Why do we, do we need to talk about it? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I've learned something about myself in the process over the years. I felt like I needed to express each and every scenario because I felt like my feelings weren't valid and that my voice wasn't important. Um, but Mike has proven to me over the years that he values my thoughts, he values my insights, and so I don't have to go through every scenario at this point, just a few. And what have we found? We found that we um, balance each other out. Um, I might think of something that he didn't. And he's like, hey, that's great. I didn't even think about that. Let's slow this process down a little bit. Yeah, we have uh, four steps to, to making a decision in my house. Uh, because so one time I think I appeared to you, she told me I was, there was a motorcycle I wanted to go buy. And she was like, I don't care. Do whatever you want. So I did what I wanted. I went and bought a motorcycle. <laughs> Do what you want does not mean do what you want. <laughs> so I said, we're going to have to spell this out real carefully. So we talk, we discuss, we decide, and then we act. And though communication, that has been incredibly helpful for me, but also for our marriage. 
Like when we're trying to work through something, I will ask her, hey, what stage are we at here? Are we talking, <laughs> discussing, deciding, or acting? Um, because it's important. Because it's not just, you know, like she said, you know, men and women think differently. There's a lot of science behind this. The, the, the way a man's brain works and the way a woman's brain works are very different. Uh, so, for example, just one small thing. Uh, men have more uh, connections going front to back in their brain. So we're thinking, like she said, thinking through things internally. Uh, as a man, we're, we're processing things, logic, back and forth, up and down. Uh, a woman's brain's not doing it that way. It's going across from left hemisphere to right hemisphere, processing through emotion at the same time. So what happens is when we come together, we're getting a full view, so back and forth and side-to-side -side action going on. And we can really think about things. Uh, one just quick thing, I, I didn't have it written down, but uh, for, for us men is in case you don't know this, like she said, we, we, women think differently than we do. One thing that women do, and you've probably heard this joke, if there's 20 tabs to open and nobody knows where the music is coming from, uh, that's a woman's brain. So understanding that as her husband, I can understand that going into a, something. So if we're getting ready to go out for dinner or something like that, um, instead of just, you know, I know she's going to be wondering, did we leave a light on for the ornaments, right? So I intentionally say to her, hey, I left the dining room light on for the, the animals. What does that do? That closes that tab in her brain. And then she's able to enjoy dinner without thinking about that thing. So as her husband, I can be intentionally specific about that. Um, and I can also understand that, like she said, not every thought I have is the only thought to have about something. So having that dialogue and conversation helps bring the emotion aspect of things into a conversation. And it's incredibly helpful. Um, so there's an order to family, um, to our family relationship. It's God, spouse, our kids, and then everyone else. Um, children are amazing, and they're great, uh, but the best thing that we can do for our kids is to love our spouse, spouse well and to let them see us loving each other, respecting each other, talking to each other um, with kind words, like we ask them, are we, are we using kind words? We say that to little kids all the time. But are, are we showing that example in our home, in our, in our marriage? Are we speaking with kind words? Are we showing love? Um, are we being hypocrites? You asking me? No. Okay, good. Because <laughs> I was going to say I'm not Your a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, except when I am. Yeah, no, uh, one thing, I wanna, and it goes a little bit beyond uh, our, our this conversation here today, but... When it comes to the idea of raising our children and loving our spouse well, one of the best things we can do is let the other spouse be the parent that God made them to be. Um, like, honestly, and th this is hard, especially because we've got a blended family. Um, and so it's hard when the kids are younger, but let your, let your spouse be the parent that God made them to be. So men, this means sometimes let her be overly affectionate with the kids, right? Let, let, let her turn him into a mama's boy for a little bit. Let, let her be what we feel like is that's too much. Will you just tell them to knock it off already? Like, let them be the mother that God created them to be. And wives, let him be the man that he was created to be. Sometimes what the kids need is to be told, will you shut up and sit down? Uh, I remember, do you remember the starburst? Anyway, uh, we're driving down the road. The boys are in the back seat. There's one starburst left, right? They're Starbucks. 9 and 11, nine for 11. reference. They are just going <laughs> at it. I'm just, blows are about to be thrown. There's about to be a UFC match in the back seat <laughs> over this stupid strawberry starburst. So I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. I got it. 
hand me the Starbucks. So he gave it to me, and I threw it out the window. <laughs> he said, now shut up. <laughs> you know what they did? They shut up. They just, that was it. That's what kids need sometimes is for dad to be dad. And to, for, for you to allow your, your spouse, again, it's hard in a blended family, but you've got to do it there too. For you to allow your spouse to be the parent that God created them to be shows them that you love them and that you respect them and that you value them. And it's hard. <laughs> it can be very hard. Um, because our relationships with our spouses are the closest relationships we have, we're in a unique position to pray very specific prayers for them. Um, God gives us insight into their insecurities, into their, uh, their work life, into all different aspects. And so we're able to very specifically go to God with um, specific prayers for them. I know that the enemy attacks the minds of men very specifically. Um, he likes to get in there and destroy their thoughts, and um, they're being attacked in all sorts of ways. They're under attack. It's, in, it's very important that as wives we're praying for our husbands' minds, for God to cover their minds. Um, every night I pray for God to protect Mike's mind, his thoughts, his memories, and his dreams. Um, it's just something that God put on my heart years ago, and I'm just faithful to pray that prayer for him every day. And I did not know that until she told me this. And I was like, oh, that's really sweet. <laughs> Uh, this is the last one, too, so the band can come up. Um, for me, uh, what I have noticed is a Julie field filled with joy is a completely different person. Like, when she is overwhelmed with the joy of the Lord, she is so incredibly different. And the past few years have been very difficult on her, uh, with things just not going the right way and difficult things coming up and all sorts of things like that. So the thing I pray for her constantly is joy. Uh, and it's been the same image for a few years now. And this is, again, the, the intimacy thing comes in real strong here, is I've been praying for her like a, a, a flower follows the sun. Like, have you ever seen a time-lapse picture of a flower following the sun around during the day? That's what I pray for her, is for her to have, her to have joy and to soak all that in. Um, now, again, so many of these things that we're, we, we talk about this morning, they're, some of them are very specific to, to our marriage and to our relationship. But some of them are very general, and we just have to figure out ways to apply them. Um, there was a, a good book that we read years ago. Uh, one was called For Women Only, and it was a, a study that they had done for men, uh, or on men. And so it explained the male headspace and everything to women. Uh, and there was things that she was reading, and she was like, I had no idea. I'm like, that's good, because I couldn't have put those things into words. In the same way, I read one for women. And Again, it, what it awakened in me was this idea that we study our partners. Because we can give specifics, we can give this is how women think, but then you're going to be married to a woman who doesn't actually think that way. Uh, you're going to be married to a man who doesn't, who's the, the outside of that. So we build all these tools, and then we come to God and say, how do I love my spouse well? Um, so that's just the encouragement today. Um, next week, we're going to talk about fighting well. Uh, and there's going to be two parts to that. One, how to actually have a good argument with your spouse. Uh, you can have a good argument. You can have a good fight that brings resolution. And also how to fight, pardon me, for our marriages. Um, and so that will be next week. Um, so uh, do we have anybody from the prayer team today? Does anybody need prayer? Okay, good. We have people up front and in the back if you need prayer. 
um, and you can respond. So, uh, Lord Jesus, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this time. I thank you for your love. I thank you that you show us what it means to love Jesus and that you're with us as we attempt to love him. And I thank you for marriage because I, I firmly believe, Lord, that if we can get our marriages right in the church, then the world will see that and be drawn to it. When I see statistics about uh, the divorce rates among Christians, it breaks my heart. Lord, help us be a people who love sacrificially and love well, who, who come together as a husband and a wife with the same goal of growing in you and seeing you. Jesus, I thank you for this, even this snowy day. I just pray that you move in us, among us, and through us.